Hey, it's Joyce. Every week, I have the chance to chat with an interesting, inspiring human and to share that conversation with you. Join me as I walk and talk with entrepreneurs, adventurers, and all sorts of people who are working hard to empower women and make the world a better place. Now listen, this is not some highly polished, formally produced podcast. It's just two humans out for a walk with the chance to learn from each other. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and join us. Hey, everyone. Joyce here. Welcome to today's Walk and Talk, where our guest is Ezra Bookman. Ezra is a nationally recognized ritual designer, an artist, and a facilitator. His work has been featured in the New York Times, The Atlantic, Vice, and on ABC News. Ezra is the founder of Ritualist, the first ever creative studio specializing in the design of secular rituals. Ezra, thank you to a 99 Walks Walk and Talk. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. So I want to start with the absolute fundamental question, which is what the heck is a ritual? <laughs> <laughs> Usually, you know, the first one I get is what is a ritual designer? Uh, you know, because uh, not, not too many people have heard of that job uh, as existing in the world. Um, but yeah, we can dive right into what is a ritual. You know, I think I, I love what my colleague uh, Charles Vogel says, he says, like, you know it's a ritual if you take it away and the moment feels less important. And I love the simplicity of that. Like, rituals are these um, actions that we take in life that help elevate the moments in life as special, meaningful, important, or impactful. So does that mean that it has to be something that is done on, the, on a regular basis? Is that part of what defines a ritual? It's a great question. It's actually one of the biggest misconceptions about ritual is that they're sort of, they need to be repeated in order to be a ritual. Um, and it, it's a misconception and it holds people really back from getting the power of ritual. Because a lot of times we think like, oh, I want to create a ritual, but now I'm going to have to do it for the rest of my life. And so better not do it at all. But, you know, the first time that you, that you do a ritual, it's still a ritual. Right. And it's not like a magic number, like oh, after 12 times, you know, it comes out of the minor leagues and it becomes a ritual. Um, my, my colleague, Rabbi Erwin Kula, says, you know, every tradition started as an innovation. Right. So that first time. It's wait, still wait, a wait. I'm, I'm totally interrupting you. Um, can you say that again? Because I love that quote. But say it one more time, a little slower. Sure. Yeah. Every tradition started as innovation. I love that because you had to do it once you had to you had to make it up you had to do it the first time exactly and you know if you keep on doing it it can grow in meaning right and that can that can be another layer of meaning that adds on to that action um and in in my work i, I like to distinguish between rituals routines habits and traditions each one of those being really unique and important in our lives but also you know fundamentally different and so i talk about traditions as you know, actions that gain meaning through repetition. So some rituals are also traditions and some traditions are also rituals, but we can all think about traditions that we go through, right? That we are just sort of repeating for the sake of repeating. And the only reason it's meaningful is because we keep on doing it, but there's not a lot of our personal connection to it. And so I like to distinguish between those to give people the sort of prompt to investigate our traditions 
to find their personal connection to them and, and really say, is this meaningful in other dimensions, in other ways, beyond just the repetition of it? Those things that we do just because they've always been done or we've always done it that way or that kind of thing, as opposed to looking at that and saying, how does this touch me? How does this inspire me? Is that kind of the questions to ask around that? Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have got a design process and I, I pick apart sort of eight different lenses to look at experiences. And so there's, you can get really nerdy and, and geeky and, and in, a, in a conversation longer than the 30 minutes that we have, we could dive into each of those lenses of these sort of other ways of looking at how experiences are meaningful or impactful in our lives. Um, I don't mean to denigrate, you know, or, or look down on traditions. I love traditions, right? I, I um, you know, I think about lighting candles on Friday night for the for the Jewish Sabbath, and it, it really is meaningful to me to know that, like, this is something that I've inherited, and that and 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 I can look to my ancestors. It widens my circle of of self to feel connected to the past and the future. Um, so tradition can be powerful as well. But it can so, also be rote, right? That, that's the thing. Yeah. It can also become rote and repetitious and, and just almost become a habit. Okay. So I, I love looking at rituals through the lens, or I'm sorry, traditions through the lens of connecting us with our past, our future, a broader group, a broader community. Uh, but tell us, share a little bit about what is the power of ritual as you as you define it. Why bother? Mm, thank you for that question. Um, yeah, I, I fly that ritual flag really high. So I, I love this question. <laughs> I could talk a lot about this. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different dimensions we we could talk about here. Um, you know, rituals have been performed in every single culture in the world um, throughout all of human history as far back as we know um, you know as far back as humanity goes right so they're 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 deep deeply connected to uh, who we are um, there's a uh, a scientist, um, an anthropologist who taught who said you know show me tell me what rituals you do and I'll show you who you are so I, I like to think about three main reasons why we do rituals, although there's plenty more we could talk about. One, rituals help us zoom in. They they interrupt the habitual, the automatic, the autopilot, and help us zoom in to really pay attention to, to what it is that we're doing and where we are and who we're with. I, you know, think about a, a gratitude ritual before, it, you know, if if every time you, you put on your shoes before your walk, you know, you looked up at that hallway mirror, you looked at yourself, you took a smile and you said, wow, I'm so grateful I get to walk. I've got two legs that I can walk today. Um, you zoomed in. You felt a little bit more um, present to where you are. So they help us zoom in. They help us zoom out also, right, feel connected to something bigger than ourselves, um, whether that's our family or our country or our deepest values and sense of self or the constitution or, or the divine or God or the universe, right? Something bigger, our community, something bigger than ourselves. Um, and, and rituals help us embody our values. So they take these intangible things, that, that the things that we hold deepest in ourselves, um, and they create 
tangible experiences around them, shared experiences around them. So they don't just live in our heads, but live really in our bodies and in our lived experience. So you you said something in there that I, I'd like to explore a little bit more because you talked uh, in those three different uh, kind of pillars about ritual as a personal practice, right? That ritual before you go out for a walk and ritual as more of a communal practice. So do rituals work in both ways? I assume they do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's a funny little uh, business uh, to be creating here and, 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 a, and a funny little, you know, thing to be designing around because rituals are, are, are everything from a, a single conscious breath, right, as small as that and as big as, like, the Olympic opening ceremonies, right, and, and everything mm -hmm. in between. So for something that is so ingrained in human behavior, there is a – and for, for so long – there's a lot of diversity in what a ritual is and what it can be for. And uh, so we were chatting a little bit before we we went live, kind of in the green room of the walk and talk, about the fact that I feel like I have not created as many rituals as I, I suppose I wish I had. How do people come to you? So I, sorry, let me ask more of a fundamental question. Can you tell us a little bit about like the work you do? Like it seems really weird that you would actually go out and seek out someone to help you and help your organization create rituals. Like how in the world did that come to be a thing? Oh, there's like three questions inside that one. I'll try to, know, I'll try right? to answer them. Um, yeah, how did it come to be and why did I, people I'm, come to yeah, be? I'm try, yeah, I'm trying to make it really easy. You can choose whichever one you want to respond to. Sure, sure. Thank you. Um, you know, the, the, the why people come to me, I think, is, um, you know, it's, it's ultimately, uh, listen, there isn't, a, there isn't a culture or a community in the world that doesn't, a healthy culture or community in the world that doesn't have ritual. Um, you know, I, what I often say is, you know, the rituals are there whether you like it or not. The only question is whether they're going to be good and effective rituals and whether they're actually going to serve your values and your vision and your mm -hmm. purpose. So um, I think that people, in a wider sense, are, are hungry for meaning and purpose and a sense of belonging in the world. A lot of the traditional institutions that we used to um, seek for that are, uh, you know, have shifted or crumbled or changing. We're seeking those things from new places, often places like our jobs that are terribly under-equipped to provide them. Mm -hmm. And I think in that space, people are, are turning towards me um, to help uh, as a as a translator and an, an interlocutor in, into, um, you know, designing these experiences. And, and I think ultimately, while ritual seems like a big and lofty concept, you know, coming back to the beginning, it's like at, at, at its core, it's just how we make things feel special and important and impactful. And at that kind of layer of simplicity, I think it's really easy to access the language of ritual and the work with ritual. You know, it looks like a so many different things. I've helped companies, you know, build their their culture and go through organizational and leadership change 
that's a really big one, right? Moments of change and transition. We turn to ritual to help us navigate that. I've mm-hmm. done, you know, one-on-one private coaching. Uh, I've worked with Grant. Like, I, I, one of my favorite examples is working with this tattoo company called Ephemeral that's designed in ink that fades after a year. Um, same tattoo process, but the, the ink saved after a year. And they came to me wondering, you know, if, if the tattoo is impermanent, how do we still make this a meaningful experience for, our, for the mm. people who come through our doors? And, and how do we connect them rather than, oh, my tattoo's fading, oh, you know, how do we connect them to that sense of, um, of celebration of change, that we are always changing and the world is always changing? And how do we embed that value throughout their experience? So, you know, my work looks like a lot of different things. I think for many of us, rituals seem to be things that grow up naturally. And this idea of being intentional about creating rituals is kind of new, at least to my way of thinking. It just feels like the rituals should somehow be embedded in my life. And if I went out and actually deliberately intentionally created them that just seems kind of foreign to me yeah um i definitely hear that concern i think that um you know i can talk sort of systemically about the kinds of institutions that have helped create that narrative right that they are the sole sort of um institution uh and and arbiters of meaning in the world and and the, the dynamics of power that have created that that misconception. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I I would I would encourage you to just sort of, you know, uh, 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 oh, and, and and even cursory, you know, look into your life will show you all kinds of rituals that are new. Um, whether that means a couple years or even 20 years, um, or, or even yesterday. I, I, for me, one of the biggest epiphanies that I had in doing this work was um, at the time, my, my, uh, my partner at the time w- went to uh, medical school, and I went to her white coat ceremony um, her freshman year of med school, and it was striking to me. I, you know, I had this light bulb moment that you know, the Gold Foundation about 30 years ago was looking for a way to get doctors to be more empathetic and humanistic in their Mm. treatment of patients. And rather than a course or an outline or a video, you know, there's so many ways that they could have done it. What they did was create a ritual. They created a brand new ceremony where they, you know, these first year students are presented their white coats and the whole ceremony around it. And they often have to speak and they recite the Hippocratic Oath in front of their friends and family. And you know, that whole ritual created out of thin air, right? No precedent for that to get students to appreciate the privilege and serious responsibility that comes with being a doctor and ritual is what they turn to. And, you know, it's so clear we can point, we know exactly when the first one was created and now they're, you know, in med schools around the world. Um, And so that was a big light bulb moment of seeing secular ritual created in the modern world that has deep impact and lasting impact in people's lives. Yeah, I, I don't mean to, I, I, I didn't mean to suggest that it feels kind of 
inappropriate to deliberately and intentionally create ritual. Uh, to the contrary, it feels really empowering. I just think it's something that most of us don't realize that we can do with that level of intention. Uh, yeah, I think totally. most of us just walk around kind of absorbing the rituals that are part of our culture, part of our community, part of our religion tradition, religious traditions, whatever it is. But this idea of like, wait a minute, I can look at my values, I can look at my priorities, I can look at I'm, whatever the lens is that I'm sure you encourage your clients to look through, and I can design rituals to support them feels like super empowering. It's like a little light bulb moment. Uh, I like I want to just I want to like record that and like blast it out like yes like yes yes like, you get it um <laughs> I I think that's really the core of my work and and what I what I hope to do you know in in all the sort of like the book and the pockets and all that other stuff that I'm working on is really to equip people um, with exactly that a feeling of empowerment in their lives to make meaning in their lives um, and to know that, um, to know that they have that power, they have that innate ability, and they have that permission. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, permission's a big part of it, right? Like to convince people that rituals are not reserved for your. Oh, sorry, my dog is having a coughing fit. <laughs> I don't know if that's coming through, but he's lying at my feet having a coughing fit. Uh, to convince people that rituals aren't reserved for their somebody else to create for them. So let, if we could, can we get sort of tactical for a moment? And if there are people who are thinking like, oh, I would like some more ritual in my life, some more self-directed ritual in my life, share, if you would, some advice on how you get started building those. Mm, yeah, you know, this, I, I always get this question and I always get a little squirmy, right? Because, you know, the, the, the experience designer in me and the complex nuance is like, well, tell me about who you are and what the situation is. And there's like all those questions that I would want to dig into. And, and that sort of one size fits all advice is, is a little difficult. But, um, what I would say for, 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 for anyone on the call right now looking to, to, you know, imbue a moment with a little bit of more meaning or impact. Um, the first question I would ask is, you know, what do you value? What's important to you? You know, what are your, what are your deepest, highest values um, in your life? And then how might they show up in this moment? Um, and then I would ask about intention. You know, part of my definition of ritual, you know, intentional symbolic actions of heightened importance, impact, and meaning. Um, that intentional world word is really important, um, bringing intentionality. So to whatever you're doing, bring a little intentionality to it. And, and, and to help along those lines, I, I talk about three Ps, uh, purposeful, personal, and particular. So for with an intention, I'll, I'll ask you, why are you doing this? What's your purpose? What's the goal? What are you trying to achieve? Why are you doing this? What is your personal connection to it? Um, and then why are you doing this, this particular thing? Of all the things that you could be doing, right, like there's a lot of ways to greet the Sabbath on Friday night. Why candles? You know, why wine? Um, you know, uh, of all the things you could be doing, why that? 
Um, and if you can answer those three questions, you're really you're on the road. Um, and that this question is where it gets really interesting, you know, because the door is wide open. Um, and, the, and then, then the last thing that I would sort of train your attention towards is this idea of differentiation, that rituals, you know, to that, to that definition of elevating, you know, making special, making important, rituals differentiate from the norm. That's how they feel special. That's why we love them so much, and that's why we, we turn to them to mark these moments. And so what's the normal? Right? What's the normal way, the, 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 the baseline, the habitual way that you go for your walk? You know, shoes, keys, whatever it is. What's the normal way that you go about it? And then how do you differentiate that? How do you tweak it? You know, is it that I'm going to stop in that mirror and take that deep breath? Is it I'm going to um, take a flower uh, whenever, or a, a leaf whenever I'm on my walk and I'm going to place it in my shoe so that the when I come back in the morning, I'll, you know, for my next walk, I'll see that leaf, I'll take it out, and I'll, like, feel the last yesterday's walk and get a little jolt of energy. Um, I don't know. None of those are good ideas necessarily, but what are ways that you can differentiate from the norm? Um, and if, when you brainstorm with those three questions, what do you value, what's your intention, and how can I, how can I differentiate, how can I make this special? You're on your road to a ritual. So I wonder, have you ever had situations where you have someone who wants to build some more ritual into their life, into their life, and they want to do it in a way that includes family, friends, business, business associates, a company? I guess what I'm trying to say is how do you get buy-in mm -hmm. yeah well you know first you know i i never use the phrase buy-in because it implies that i'm trying to sell you something and <laughs> you know fair and, enough give me a better phrase but you know what i mean right how do you get people totally on know. board how do you get people um wait i'm looking for a better word uh i don't like the word engaged either but you got a better word for me? You know, it depends on the context, but, you know, how um, how do we, you know, co-create the experience? Um, how do we, um, you know, uh, how, how do we work together to, um, to, to create this experience or to achieve this goal? Um, so is, wait, is that the, I, let me stop you right there if I may. So is that, is that, sort of step one is that if you're going to build a ritual that is going to include other people, it's super helpful to get them involved in cre in defining and engage and like sort of establishing the ritual. Is that sort of step one? Totally. You know, at its best, mm. and, and certainly in my work, um, I really try to work in that sort of ground, ground up way. Um, where we're, we're creating together, um, you know, especially in companies, it's even more complicated because, you know, I, I often say rituals need to be invitations, not obligations. Um, if I'm forced to be there, internally, I'm going to be resisting it no matter what. Even if it's something that's beautiful and that is good for me, I'm forced to be there, I'm going to resist. And so I like to think about creating the space uh, that is compelling enough that when I invite you, you're going to want to come. 
um, and that your agency in being there, right, let's just assume that you don't have the, the capacity or agency to include every single person in the design process. At the very least, they have agency um, to interact with it. Um, and that, there's a, I mean, we can get real geeky on all the subtlety of that agency of how, even if they're forced to be there, how they can, can, can continue to have agency in what they choose to do and not do and how to engage at that ritual, but we won't go there. All of which is to say, the more your ritual can uh, be participatory rather than, uh, you, you know, per performance, the better. And um, uh, your, your question also points to the to facilitation. You know, a lot of this is just good facilitation when you're inviting people into into that space and quote unquote getting buy-in. A lot of that is 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 just skillful facilitation in that invitation. So rituals. So here's sort of a softball question because I hope the answer is yes. Rituals can also just be fun, right? Like you got to make it. Sometimes I suppose they're serious and thoughtful, but can they be fun? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I hope you can hear the sort of silly jokester gesture in my voice, uh, the the uh, the heretic uh, in my voice. But yeah, rituals can be fun. One of my one of my favorite examples. I use this a lot in my workshops. You can look it up. Um, it's the 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 teddy bear talk. Um, it's the, the, the Hershey, Pennsylvania, like the hockey team, um, right before Christmas, they do this like teddy bear collection drive because they're, they're the Hershey teddy bears is the name of their team. And so they do this mm -hmm. teddy bear drive, um, to, to collect stuffed animals for right before Christmas, um, at the game. Um, now what, again, let's think about differentiation. What's the normal thing? I'm walking into the game. Some, I, someone checks my ticket and they've got a big plastic bag there or a big, you know, uh, dumpster and I throw my, 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 you know, bear into the dumpster and I go sit down. Instead, what they do, their ritual is um, after the team scores their first goal of the game, the fans throw the bears, throw their stuffed animals onto the ice. And they have the world record now of like 66,000 or something stuffed animals. And you watch a video of it. Just Google it. Watch a video on it. It's amazing. It's just like raining teddy bears. Right? It's a total, it's, first of all, it's fun. Um, and it's symbolic, right? It's a, it's a symbolic yeah. action because it doesn't help <laughs> in any way functionally right. the collection in fact it makes it more difficult like right. i'm saying it, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's sort of a, the opposite of helping <laughs> right it's friction just like having a moment of gratitude before you eat or before you go on your walk it's friction it actually slows you down um it makes it it makes it take longer um but it deepens the experience and i would argue um because it is fun because it is a ritual because i feel a part of something bigger than myself and because I get to engage in this different, unique thing, I'm so much more likely to bring a stuffed animal to that game and show because I want to do that. So, yeah, rituals can definitely be fun. Uh, and also, yeah, look at a wedding ritual. You know, <laughs> rituals can be a lot of fun. I, I do think, I suppose, uh, historically, culturally, we do rely quite a bit on our on organized religion to create a lot of our rituals and a lot of them feel heavy and serious 
And I think this idea of creating rituals that are more joyful and just not so flippant serious all the time, like the teddy bear ritual is amazing because it does everything, right? It serves that purpose of what it is they're trying to accomplish, but it does it in a way that's super joyful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, you know, in my own tradition, I can point to uh, many rituals in, you know, that I grew up with that are joyous. I think about the holiday of Purim, the holiday of Sukkot, you know, these are really joyous holidays and, and really in the full, you know, what I think that that points to for me, you know, I agree with you. There's a lot of seriousness and, and our conception or misconception of rituals are somber and robes and candles and it's always really serious. Um, but I think at its core, rituals help us live a full experience of life, the full experience. You know, rituals help make space for that which we shut out. Um, and that includes grief, often grief, sorrow, pain, but it often includes joy. We, we shut out joy. Joy can be one of the hardest emotions that to experience we're we're so convinced that when we feel joy that the shoe is going to drop the other shoe is going to drop any moment that we resist feeling joy and so you know whatever it is that we're resisting um happy the the, the joys and the oys um in our life uh, ritual can be a powerful tool for holding space for that for the full experience of it no oh, i love that so much. And it's actually a perfect place, I think, to end our conversation. So Ezra, if people want to learn more about the work that you do, uh, learn more about you, learn more about ritual, where out there in the universe will they find you? And uh, what's this is uh, new that I you made reference to? You're working on a book? I'm working on a book. I'm working on a podcast. Those are those are long term. So don't you know? Don't hold your breath on those just yet. Um, but in the meantime, I you know I'd love to stay in touch. If this conversation sparked any questions or like, oh, I've got this great ritual in my life or my community or my company that I'd love to share. Please, I'm I'm I collect examples of rituals as a hobby. So please send them my way. Um, you can just shoot me an email, Ezra at ritualist.life, ritual, I-S-C, ritualist.life. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Ezra Bookman, and LinkedIn, Ezra Bookman, and also on Instagram, at ritual underscore I-S-C. Um, if you just Google ritualist, it'll come up. Um, and, um, you know, Thanksgiving's around the corner. I, uh, I put out um, on Instagram and, and on my website, seven better questions to ask at your Thanksgiving table other than what are you grateful for this year? Um, just very simple way of elevating and upgrading your Thanksgiving conversation and connection with the people that you love. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Last year it went a little viral. So I'm doing seven new questions this year uh, and I'll, I'll be putting that out on, on Instagram and on my website. I love that. We will share all of those links in the show notes. I just wanted to run through them for anybody who's listening live. Ezra, thank you so much for being here and sharing some of your work with us. It was really fun. Thank you, Joy. Thank you, everyone listening right now in this moment and everyone listening in the future on the app. I hope your walks are full of vigor and life and deep breath and beauty all around you. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day, everyone.
Thank you for joining us for today's Walk and Talk. Catch new episodes featuring inspiring guests every week in the 99 Walks app and all the places podcasts live. Until then, I wish you happy trails.